Who would you go see, LeBron or a dog that shoot basketball? Oh, I'd see the dog every single time. I would say outlandish. Guys, I got box seats to this dog. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So if you want to challenge it, yeah. just just teach uh, Fido there how to do a, a layup. He got fouled, the entire audience cried. <laughs> Here's the thing. Say what you want. Name one white woman who would not... Braze hell. Tears over the a foul. The first time he got fouled. Nope. And he just whimpers. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> I kind of want this movie. It's like Space Jam meets Airbud. Yeah. No. I want like I want like Airbud meets like uh what's that Airbud playoffs? What's that rot- ballers on on HBO? Yeah. <laughs> like like the behind the scenes. Like who's the Stalks agent? Like who's his entourage? Like. Like, what baby mama is he trying to support by being on this team? Oh my god, I would watch this. Let's we need an Airbud, like, we need an Airbud Ballers remake. Yeah. Like, like a modern day. No, we need like an Air Jerome. We need like, a, we need an Air, like, like, D-Mart. We need like, the, like. No a, one has ever named their dog D-Mart. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening, if you have a dog named D-Mart, please write us in and let us know. Day day. What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bruh Meets World. What is Bruh Meets World? Yeah, Boy Meets World fan cast. Uh, welcome to episode 29. I'm Siege. And I am TC. All right. Where you In at? In the place to be. Where you at, boy? With my boy C. About to review this terrible... No, not terrible. No, this is... It's, this, it's not... It's not good. It could have been good. <laughs> That's could've. what bothered me is that it really could have been a good episode. So you know what's really funny about this episode is you and I have talked about the remake Girl Meets World. Yes. And in the remake Girl Meets World, there are episodes that are Mark Jacobs. And you're like, fantastic. Michael. Michael Jacobs, sorry. You're like, fantastic. I can't believe we're doing this. Yay. And then you'll get another episode where you're like, this was a filler episode. Disney was like, we need you to make something for us. And this was how they did it. That's how I felt with this episode. I was like, what TGIF exec is responsible for this? Because this episode is bad. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I really, basically this episode, do you want to do the tell me about it real fast so we can? Yeah. All right. So like, we'll do the tell me about it and we'll do it quickly because it's, it doesn't take much else. No. It is one sentence. The tell me about it for this episode. Tell me about it. We'll be shorter than that intro. Yep. (laughs) The tell me about it is Corey thinks he's a werewolf and everyone gaslights him. That's it, guys. That's pretty much That's it. the episode. That's all you needed to know. Um, you literally missed nothing. <laughs> here's And here's why I think this could have been a good episode. Because what I learned from this episode is that, like, oh, yeah, there is a lot of similarities between werewolves and puberty. I really like that whole concept. I just felt like there was a better way it could have been done that wasn't so damn silly. And yes. that's what this episode was. It was silliness. It's silly, but it's not even like silliness done in a smart way. Because remember, um, silliness done in a smart way is, and then there was Sean's oh, yeah, Halloween yeah. episode we do in a few and years. This, uh, this being the Halloween episode, it just fell so flat. It did. They're like, they barely, like it's Halloween and you get that, but it just feels filler. And like, 
think I think one of my problems is Corey's too old for this. Yeah, yeah. This is first season Corey. This is yes. the second season Corey. He's way too old to be behaving like To this. be thinking that he's actually turning into a werewolf. Exactly. I mean, like, even, like, last episode we dealt with him and deodorant and smells coming from different places. You're telling me this boy gets a few hairs and that's when he's like, oh... Uh, I'm turning into and a And, like, brother. I understand that, like, Eric's, like, oh, like, he's trying to, like, encourage this yeah. concept. He's yeah. messing with him as yeah. brothers do. But for Corey, and I I have to admit, like, there's times where, like, my older cousins or something have told me something that I just ran with because I yeah. didn't know any better. I mean, yeah. It happens. But, like, werewolves. Exactly. By the way, if you're wondering, I did search. The Philadelphia Zoo does not have wolves. <laughs> <laughs> You would, and I'm glad you did. And in all fairness, they have a species that's technically wolf, but it's basically a tall fox. Hashtag no tall foxes. <laughs> now let's talk about roll call. And the yeah. only reason why I'm bringing a roll call is we don't get any new students this episode, but we do get Madam Uspinskaya. I don't, I don't know. I can't. I don't know how to say it, but it's Phyllis Diller. And I wanted to shout out Phyllis Diller because they, she is wasted on this episode, but she's, she's still really funny in her. My note here: the whole yogurt shop fortune teller <laughs> thing is one long eye roll. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm not gonna say that it's not, but it's still. Again, she plays her character really well, and there's like this whole meta awareness thing with like her three predictions because yeah. like uh you know a little bit more fleshed out if you didn't watch it is uh cory thinks that he's a werewolf because there's a wolf loose um that got lost from the philadelphia zoo mr feeney warns him about it and then from there cory gets bit by some animal he doesn't know which but he assumes that it's the wolf which we're just going to keep going because it's really hard for me to uh, get through all of this. So, Corey assumes that he got bit by the wolf and he starts seeing all these things that aren't really signs. Like, he has hair growing everywhere and he's drooling more than usual and he has urges he can't control. And like TC had mentioned, all of this is to say that Corey's body is going through changes, but Corey links that with being a werewolf and not with the very talked about, very understood idea of puberty that yeah. he should be well aware of by now. He knows about Philippine tubes. Boys should know about hair growing yeah. in strange places. But anyway, um, to kind of solidify that, Corey then goes to meet a fortune teller. The fortune teller tells him that he's turning into a werewolf. She's clearly taking his money. She... <laughs> Actually, uh, they kind of low-key show her to be an actual fortune teller at times where she says, like, hey, you have a wedgie right now. And he's like, how did you? <laughs> like, well, I think, again, I think that if anyone who's going to a fortune teller, you know that they just kind of say things that are like, of course, they're general. Because, for example, anyway, she goes through three predictions. And with those three predictions... Uh, I'm, I'm rolling my eyes. You guys can't see it. They're so rolled. Two of them happen. And so Corey assumes that the third one, which is that... Corey will kill someone, a girl who loves him or cares about him, uh, will come true. Topanga says that she cares about him, so Corey assumes that he will kill Topanga. The other two things was him holding Mr. Turner's keychain <laughs> and him eating a piece of paper. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, we're, uh, all of this was to say, so again, if you didn't watch it, that was a, a better synopsis than the ones that we gave you. But... It's stupid. And then the B storyline to this, because you were like, there's no B storyline. But there is a B storyline. It just has no payoff. 
the soda can contest is the B storyline. They set it up. I completely ignored it. It goes throughout the entire episode. Even the last bumper scene, Feeney checks Corey's can. For no real wow. reason. It's Chekhov's soda can. They don't yeah. put it. It just really... Do I have any notes about soda? <laughs> no. Like, I didn't even pay attention to that bullshit. The B storyline is that there is a soda contest and everyone's looking... <laughs> oh, note. Alan's soda story is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that is the B storyline. And it doesn't even pay off. When they, no. when they put it in there, I specifically made note of it. Because I was like, this has got to pay off at some point in time. Why would you mention it? It's even what Feeney's involved. Well, I think it's, <laughs> the point was to show that, like, rumors have a way of, like, affecting people. And then, like, yeah, Corey has this superstition, which is dumb. But is it so much different than adults? But, yes, the answer is yes. It is so different. <laughs> Werewolves are fake. <laughs> but I, that's the comparison I think they were trying to make that was just unsuccessful. You could have said that and let it be. Yeah. They, why continue it? Again, they, if they would have let it die with Alan, it would have been fine. The fact that Feeney picks it up, the fact that it's like this ongoing thing with soda cans in the background where everyone's like, oh, did you check this one? And there's nothing. Why do that? Yeah. It, uh, it's you know what? I think, honestly, I would have been way more important with this episode if it wasn't like, hey, the zoo has a wolf missing conveniently. If it was Corey Saul horror movie. Yes. Corey sees a horror movie because I can, that's totally relatable. Yes. You see Nightmare on Elm Street and you think Freddy Krueger's going to come and kill you, even though you, you, you never, were never worried about Freddy Krueger exactly. before. That is a much more believable way of him, like, fearing werewolves. And maybe the movie creates those similarities where he, like, sees the wolf, like, in the thing, like, the, the hair growing on the hands. And yeah. he looks down and he sees hair. Like, something like that would have been way better than this. Have you ever this. seen uh, American Dad's episode where they, they try to convince Steve he's a werewolf? No. <laughs> well, it's, it's really ridiculous. But it, it has this thing where it has a parallel of the same thing. A wolf got loose. Um... Steve gets bitten, and so he thinks that he's becoming a werewolf, and of course, like, all these things, like, line up to where he, you can understand him going from being in denial to kind of believing it. Like, something happens to where, like, the wolf actually does get into his room and, like, shed on his bed and all this other stuff. And so when he, like, wakes up the next morning, unbeknownst to him that the wolf has actually been in his room, there's fur everywhere, and there's, like, blood from an animal, and he's like, oh my god, is this, like, a real thing? That makes sense, and that was a cartoon. Yeah. This puts in no effort. All it says is, Corey found body hair. He heard about a werewolf. He made a very big leap. Well, the other thing is that, like, Corey legit, like, is talking about this. Like, we see him candlelit. He has a pen and quill, and, like, he's, like, writing, like, his, like, his manifesto or whatever. Like, it's so dramatic. Yeah. It just could have been way more believable had they just approached it from a different angle. Um, yeah. Also, what, what makes me angry about this is not just the fact, and, and we're kind of jumping around, but it's not just the fact that uh, they take this storyline and kind of waste it. They take a book like Lord of the Flies. Such a throwaway. And waste it. Lord of the Flies has so many great commentaries about society and men and groups. And they waste it on this. And and it served no purpose to the episode. Why not do Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde? Yeah. That way more relatable of a story. Or, like, is there, like, a werewolf-like version of, like... 
a book like a Mary Frankenstein, like a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Is there a werewolf version of that? Doctor Jekyll must die. <laughs> that's that's the closest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I, I, here's the thing. You're right. I don't know all of the Wolfman yeah. kind of things. Um, I thought that now was just they a, would be reading Twilight. I guess. So. Yeah, I. You know what would be a really good one? They would not read inside of school, but a really good uh, analogy. Interview with a vampire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, something... Okay, yeah, something like that. Again, just something to kind of create this Halloween vibe. That, exactly. Um, didn't seem to echo throughout the... They didn't even, like... Here's the thing. They could have been forgiven if they even did, like, a... Um, American werewolf. Yeah. Type spoof. Or, you know, like... Teen Wolf. Yeah, Teen Wolf. Or teen any, Wolf. anything like that, where it's like a... Even a small nod would have made this episode better, where you're like, okay, you know what? It was stupid, but if you wrote this entire script just to do a Teen Wolf ripoff, I would allow it. I'm, I'm on board with it. <laughs> I think they also could have done a bottle episode. They could have done it where, like... Corey is getting ready to go to this party and the entire episode takes place that hour before because it makes sense to maybe have a crazy thought for a few hours and not through that the series of like a week. Yes. Like that's something I think would have helped a lot allow this to be a little bit more believable. You know what? I actually I didn't even think about that, but that is really good. A bottle episode where Corey's in the bathroom thinking like he finds the hair. He thinks all of these Eric things. comes in, his parents are coming in, Sean's yeah. coming in, like he has people asking him, like, hey, we're getting ready for the party. Are you ready for the party? What are you doing? He's trying to get ready, but he's freaking out. That's a better episode, guys. Way better. And and doing mirroring of like Again, if you if you want those uh, the gypsy was here type motifs, have it be part of the TV movie that Corey. Yeah, saw. you know, and then he's just constantly remembering the movie and being like this sign and that, like those yeah. things. Again, all those things make because way him more seeing sense. something in the movie and coming to his own conclusion makes sense that it would be a wrong answer. Like that's more believable than like like oh well, Eric told me this thing, so what? Yeah, but I mean, I or would... a gypsy told me it was going to happen. What at just a yogurt like, shop? Just like the gypsy woman said, <laughs> at a yogurt shop. But it's one of those things where in reality. Um, I th- like not even in reality, just in the universe that we've created in the Boy Meets World universe, Corey's very impressionable. We know that Corey watching a movie and assuming that that's how it would go. Corey seeing any kind of like parallels and like jumping from it that makes sense. But Corey finding body hair after kind of hearing a story is just. So such a stretch we've for discussed, how intelligent Corey is. We've discussed sex education already. Yes. We've discussed all these things. Exactly. Sean, where, where Eric came to the class and was like, hey guys, you're going to be going through a lot of changes. People have been constantly letting him know that puberty is <laughs> going to happen. How is this a shock to Exactly. Corey? Thank you. How? Especially like when it's just a few hairs in places that make sense. Hair on my chin, on my chest, and other places I don't see where having hair on is really going to help me. That was pretty funny. funny way of saying he has hair on his balls yeah exactly here's like i'm not gonna lie that is that's one of those funny moments <laughs> you know what else you was funny what? when sean shows up for the party dressed as court guess where i'm going as okay i'll give you a hint wow sean i wish i was as cool as you i'm sure i have no idea i'm going as you <laughs> yeah exactly that is funny i thought that was pretty <laughs> savage pretty 
Ben Savage. Oh! oh! <laughs> and it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like your friends are low key. Yeah, like, making fun of you. Dude. I love it. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to say, kind of a positive, is that I do like how Corey still listens to Eric. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like a. Eric is clearly having some fun with him, especially with the dog bowl a little bit later. But Corey and like Corey's still respecting Eric and really taking what Eric said to heart is it's kind of an innocence about Corey sure. and uh, an illustration of their relationship that I do like. Yeah. I will say that that was a positive for me. Yeah. Oh, I I was gonna say there's a moment where Corey's taking out the trash and Feeney's there and he's talking about the wolf being a loose bullshit 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 <laughs> um and Corey makes a joke about like what's a wolf doing all the way out here in the burbs and feeney says probably looking for better schools yes and i was like hold on a second <laughs> is the reason why we don't see more black students at this philadelphia school because of redlining yeah they acknowledge it. I completely, yeah. I completely took note of that. Okay, so also in that moment, we learn that Feeney is the acting head of the Neighborhood Watch. Which um, makes sense for Feeney. Okay, so I actually, I kind of went off on a little thought on this go for ahead, a second. Go for which go. is, um, what this tells me about Feeney is that here's this older man. He's a widower. He's, he's late in life. And he could just kind of coast. You know? Yeah. But he's like, wait, there's a principal position open at this high school? I'm going to go for it. Yeah. What? The, the neighborhood watch guy is retiring? You know what? I'm going to do that. I'm not dead yet. I'm yeah. going to keep striving. I'm going to keep going for goals. There's low-key a whole show about a widower regaining his zest for life going on in the background. And meanwhile, Corey thinks a wolf bit him. <laughs> what is this show? <laughs> You're not, here's the thing. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things, too, where you look at Mr. Feeney, and his story is a very interesting one, because he has a very full life. Yes. I mean, for a widower who has, we barely see his family. Yeah. And we barely see him, even with the Matthews. He's yeah. there, but he, like, comes and goes. But every time you hear Feeney, he goes to the gym, as we saw yeah. in this episode. He's, um... In charge of the neighborhood watch. He's he has activities. He goes to book clubs and he plants. Yeah. He's so diverse Feeny, and like, cultural. Say what you want to about Feeney. You may not like his interests. You may think that they're old and stuffy. But Feeney is busy. Yo, Feeney has things to do. What you it, doing? And <laughs> it's so funny that he's single because I feel like Feeney, with the knowledge, the skills, everything that he has, would crush it at a nursing home. I feel <laughs> like he would be just such a like a worldly, like well traveled. Remember, not too many. Uh, uh, episodes ago, Feeney was macking on the faculty. Yeah. So, which, by the way, as the principal, not cool, bro. <laughs> oh, not cool at all. Hashtag uh, me too. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. But uh, yeah. Oh man, that's abusing that power. <laughs> Feeney, we trusted oh, you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. So no, no. The only thing I also wanted to say is uh, I just wanted we kind of hit on it earlier, and then we can go back. But Phyllis Diller. Yeah, she yeah, does yeah. a great job. I really, I can't remember her name in it, but I just, I do. As much as I don't like this episode, and I think that it was really simple, the comedy bits that they hit, like when they do hit it, are really funny. Like the whole uh, prediction thing, where 
uh, like the second predi- the first prediction is you'll have a taste for yeah. un- unfamiliar things or unlikely things, and that's when Corey eats the paper, and you're like, okay, that's literally a reach. Yeah, it's yeah. like the biggest reach, but whatever. Uh, but then the second one, he goes, "What is this in my hand?" And he goes, "Oh, it's the Pentagon." And then he remembers, "You'll get the pentagram in your hand." <laughs> Pentagon or pentagram? Ah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that whole voiceover where yeah. it's just kind of, yeah, it can be whatever you want it to be. That I I liked and I chuckled at those moments. I think that Boy Meets World, like their writers' room, is like, hey guys, we have heavy and light episodes. Yeah. This one, let's just have fun with it. Let's just chock it full of as many jokes as possible. Yeah, sure. This yogurt shop has a gypsy in the back that reads fortune for five bucks. Of course, it's Philadelphia. Can I use you as a reference? I just thought that was so awesome. yeah. Again, when they when they hit it, it's awesome. The the, the yogurt flavors were like we have uh, blood, which is essentially strawberry, and we have guts, which is chocolate. Can I get the some blood and guts? It's our favorite combo. It's <laughs> yeah, our most popular exactly. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, they their lines. There are certain parts that are that are fun, um, but. You know, for the most part, this is very, for me, season one writing. Sure. Um, also, so, I'll, can we talk about the fact that Sean is essentially looting his room? And I love <laughs> I love writer Sean in this episode. Because he's like, can I have your baseball? Well, first of all, he's like, can I have your baseball? Yeah. And Corey's like, no, that's still mine. He's like, you're not going to need it. He yeah. goes, I could still play fetch. <laughs> so, there's that. And then later on, he's like, you're taking my shoes? Look, unless you have four matching pairs. Yeah, it really it's not going to yeah, matter. <laughs> Yo, that's Again, so, that's so shy, too. They're stupid, but it, it's that opportunistic... Uh, What's really funny, uh, too, in that moment is, like, Corey's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I saw the Untouchables last night, and I couldn't enjoy the violence of this movie because I was too busy thinking about those wet, cold titties on Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, and, and Sean's just like... <laughs> Wow, you must really be going through something that you couldn't enjoy that violence. Exactly. Again, there's, it's it's an interesting note, and I feel like everyone, again, everyone kind of sees it for what it is, except Corey, which is they're just like, dude, puberty, like, like yeah. puberty, literally, this the and, thing that we've all been talking. And about. In all fairness, I don't remember how naive I was. Not not in the naive. yeah no well no no but like in the moment of going through puberty, was I aware that I was going through it as I was going through it, or was it one of those I things? I was, but I was. You know what? I like that, and and kind of to go into that. What was discovering, like, body hair and all this other stuff like for you? Because I rem- I was one of those nerdy kids where I researched everything. Before hair started coming, before I needed deodorant, I got a book and I read about puberty yeah. and I read about all these things. So for me, very often in life, things would happen that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. But I would be like, oh, this is like what I read in that book. Sure. So it's not abnormal. Anything, anytime. That's how humans learn. Abnormal. (laughs) Then this is before Google. And I feel like now kids are in a great position because you have Google, you have YouTube, you know. Oh, you have, you have have Bing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one, no one goes to Bing. Oh, it's my (laughs) default browser. Sponsored by Bing. Bing Bing.com, guys. (laughs) Where you go to search for Google. (laughs) I love that joke because it's the truest thing. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I just like, you know, now it's like, oh, 
my balls are smelling or like, you know, yeah. uh, I got bit by something and hair is growing in weird places. I guarantee yeah. you we type that into Yahoo Answers. Yeah. And they're like, calm down, dude. Although I have <laughs> seen worse questions than am I turning into a werewolf on Yahoo Answers. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I started noticing body hair and I was really adverse to it because I was like, to me, like, I think I actually got body hair pretty early and it was one of those things where none of my friends were getting it. And so I felt like it was gross and I felt like it was weird. And like, it took me a while to get on board to having body hair because I think this was also in the era where like, like low key men were shaving their arms and legs. Like at, a lot of our friends were swimmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just one of those things where like certain people like just shave their hair and I was never super hip to that. And, like, it took me a while to get to the idea where, like, oh, chest hair can be sexy sometimes. Like, that's a thing so, that took me a long time to learn. That's funny that you say that because for me, in high school, n- never was an issue. But when we got older, especially when I came out, twinks were, like, all a really big thing. Yeah. You're young. You're supposed to be hairless. So I did for a while. I shaved. I shaved everything. There, I look at pictures of me when I was, like, 19, and I'm just, like, oh. I'm clean shaven, and everything. Like, I've just shaved everything. And I'm just, like, why? Like, because yeah. you look, I look better with hair. Yeah. I look better with a little bit of face sure. shadow, and everyone loves my chest hair. Yeah. But it was just, like, such a thing where uh, at the time to be shaven to be honest like going back to it it was the white thing that everyone was doing is what you saw so and it's also I feel like it's just very unique to the time period in which we grew up because like if you go back to like the 70s like the 70s we had pimps that had full chest hair and like stashes and like it feels like just hair in general just stopped being cool and it was specifically in the 2000s. Yeah, though, with the metrosexual, the metrosexual yeah. thing. The metrosexual thing really made it to where, like, everyone was, like, really clean and, like, the gel-backed hair. Uh, it, it was kind of like the 80s, but, like, no mustache. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. It was this thing of just, like, men for the first time trying to take care of their bodies. Ask body spray. <laughs> but also, too, like, and I know you said that you didn't specifically watch it, but I remember watching the first Queer Eye series. Yeah, I never watched it. And this came out around that time. I think actually kind of launching that metrosexual movement in a way. I can't be accurate on that, but for me, that was the first time I heard the term. Mm-hmm. Um And it was the first time I saw, like, men doing self-care. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But I do think there's this idea of, like, you know, the fact that people find the hair on me attractive lets me know that I don't need to be... I don't need to be something that I'm not to suit someone else's definition of sexy. No, no. And and I think that that's a great uh, uh, thing that you've realized. And same thing here, again, when we were talking about accepting yourselves and all this other stuff. I think that time in your life when you start to get hair and you start to get body hair. I mean, especially now that we're getting older, everyone talks about the second... um, puberty yeah you know, it's just like yeah, yeah. hair starts showing up in other places yeah, 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 yeah. you're like i don't see how this is going to be <laughs> useful <laughs> uh, and like yeah, breakouts and all this other stuff um no realizing what's happening to your body and i think it's i really do watch young kids now and like the other day i went to a restaurant 
and it was like a whole bunch of college students, like sure. maybe freshmen or whatever. And it's like a that's when you just see they're growing out their hair because they can grow out yeah. their hair. You know what I mean? It's just like you have these half mustaches where you're yeah. like, that's not a thing. You shouldn't have that. But that's all you can grow and you're really proud of it. Yeah. And <laughs> I think there is this switch. And specifically with Corey's age, yes, when the puberty changes start coming, at first they're scary, they're awkward, they're weird. You don't like what's happening. But then there comes a point of just like oh no like it's a, I can sh- it's a status symbol i'm shaving my friends aren't shaving yeah. like that's actually becomes like a thing so yeah you do have that peach fuzz mustache that we all grew out <laughs> trying to think that we had something like it's just an, i think um and you know even when we get later in the episode where alan's like hey let's get you your first razor like that it's just, it's a very like like becoming like a man. man coming of age moment and i think it's the same thing with women like when they start shaving their legs or just whatever like it's just a, a coming of age thing that happens um i'm sorry there was there's i honestly cannot remember what i was watching but i was watching something where someone's like there was a dude character and he's like oh no not that person that person like this dude taught me how to shave and they're like oh my god that's so sad and then they tell a female character and she's like oh no he taught me how to shave and his response is <laughs> and I honestly I can't remember what it was, but it's just like that joke is all that came yeah. to my mind just now. He taught me how to shave. Where? Where? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But anyway, um, Sean makes a joke about his mom having a mustache in this episode. By the way, yeah, he does. Again, I do like his mom still in the picture. That's one thing I'm yeah, keeping track keeping of. Keeping track, I am yeah. keeping track of Sean's family life because they, they low-key drop it in there. It, well, it's one of those things where I think they're just, like, they're setting up stuff for jokes alone, I not do. thinking of, like, I long-term do. effects, which I is do. why we have things like, oh, Sean has a sister that we never hear from again. Again, I think it's a sister from a previous marriage, and that's how it works yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Broken homes, guys. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's It's part of this world. It does. But, um, anyway, yeah, no, no, that's all. I think this topic of discovering yourself and we we've already covered that there are so many better ways they could have went taken us through this journey sure that ben savage and Corey matthew are starting to mature they're starting to get hair in places that they didn't expect they're starting to have urges that they didn't expect which by the way i this is the first time we've seen topanga in a bit because she wasn't in the last yeah, episode Ka- topanga's been gone since i think episode yeah she's been gone for a bit and by the way like when she shows up again i'm like this girl is going through changes of her own well, hashtag think, boobs <laughs> i think that topanga i think that the episode is also out of order uh it just feels like it's out of order you know what i mean sure. it's like a we've well it's halloween up, it's specific to a time period yeah, they knew when it was gonna air well i know i know that they knew when it was gonna air but i feel like it's one of those things where it's like they wrote this episode to air when it aired but they did not write write this episode i see to go tell with the, the story the arc story arc yeah because here's the thing we last we left off uh last we really left off Corey had spoken to wendy um, and then that like that was his yeah. dating situation. And he, and he went up to Spain. And I think the last episode he was macking on Melissa. Yeah. Um, but no, Topanga, Topanga. All I'm saying is Topanga has not been brought up. 
no. as like an option or anything. And then Topanga shows up and they literally before we see Topanga, they make the correlation of Corey and Topanga being a thing. Well, we, I think that goes to play with the idea that we as an audience know them to kind of be a couple that we want to happen. Yeah, but it's just they don't do you've talked about it before. They they build up to sure, sure, sure. and Topanga. And I think that's thing. this is part of the build up is like having like one off episodes where they have a moment and then they kind of move away and come know. back. I I'm just not here's the thing. You you could be right. I just personally I was like this it feels out of place. It feels like one of those things where it's like they recorded this episode outside of whatever arc they were trying yeah, to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just premiered. Or they honestly didn't just put that much salt into the arc. True. But uh, I do think that Topanga has been very consistent in saying that we are very good friends and I care about you a lot. I don't feel that that's altered at all. I feel like the kiss that they have at the end of this episode, kiss which, by the way, though. second kiss of them. Yeah. Um, I feel that that was one of those things that wasn't planned. Like, the date wasn't supposed to be romantic. It was like, hey, as friends, let's go to this thing. I care about you a lot. So what you think about that that whole there's this bit at the end where uh Corey goes i'm not a wolf i'm not a wolf and then he just lays one on topanga and she's like yeah you are and i was like what's that supposed to mean <laughs> she is she's <laughs> don't you don't you dare right. you you pg-13 yourself right now <laughs> I'm just saying that Topanga is most likely going through a lot of changes herself. Yes. And I I personally think that Topanga has always loved Corey. That is my personal opinion. I think that she is mature enough to understand that he is not ready for anything more than just, like, one-off flings. I will give you that. And so I think that... Like, her getting kissed by Corey means a lot more to her than it means to him. And I just think that she has the awareness to know that and to know, like, hey, I'm not going to get excited by this, but I really like him. And I think that as, like, he starts to mature more, she starts to give him more of a chance. But for right now, she is just very aware of what what he means to her in her life Mm -hmm. and what she's willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, For, like, like she said in that other episode where it's like, I'm not going to throw away our whole friendship for a weekend. That makes sense. You know what? I'll give you that. Um, I, that there's this little bit uh, where Corey's like, whatever you do, don't let Topanga be around me. Make sure you keep her as far away from me as possible. Sure. And she, he just turns around and Topanga's right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> uh, but also on that, um, again, it's the thing where Sean is just kind of like, indulging Corey but like yeah. a little bit you know what I mean he's just like a, he. Does, I don't think at any point in time Sean believes Corey no, but he, he just understands to, he just friend. knows it's a way to get free stuff well that and then also I feel like he understands that this is a thing that Corey does yeah you know what I mean like Corey's just ridiculous sometimes you gotta let him be Corey <laughs> you gotta um, let Corey himself out this episode we see Corey eating a dog dish <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I had that, and I'm so glad you put that. <laughs> Which <laughs> is the, the most ridiculous thing, but honestly, like, this episode was so stupid that when he started eating out of a dog dish, I actually cracked up laughing. Yeah. Well, because what happens is Eric... By the way, they don't have a dog, so Eric had to go buy that food dish, but Eric brings Corey his food in a, 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 a bowl, and that's when he's, like, you know, he's going back and forth eating I didn't even bowl. think about that, that they don't have a dog. They don't have a dog, so... so- Either they had one and it's just been sitting in the garage or what, but... Eric went out and got... He got a prop for this joke. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which, again, 
fit Eric. Like, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, and the fact that... Or, like, he was walking through the mall with Jason was like, yo, I'm the... I'm the, I'm the I'm in school, Corey, on this real fast. And the fact that Corey starts eating from it, again, it's physical comedy where that Ben Savage does really well. Yeah. He's sell. Here's the thing. We're like, Corey believing he's a werewolf is stupid. But once Corey believing he is a werewolf, he would totally eat from the I, I have to say that, like, as ridiculous and as impossible as this stuff is, like, there's still something that Ben Savage brings to these roles that makes you, like... Yeah. kind of on board even as ridiculous as it is like if this were any other charmless kid in this role i wouldn't even be watching the episode exactly. but ben keeps you in there exactly and i and i agree with that um and then <clears throat> the only thing i was gonna say is when he goes when they find my body or something like that he's like give it to the aspca which i don't know if you know but that's the american society prevention of cruelty to animals <laughs> so i get it for me it was so quick i was like who knows that but when i looked it up and i found that out i was like that's funny because yeah. if you are going to be a werewolf of course Corey's thinking about his future which yeah. again i like it's cool it's very Corey. yeah to, to just to take an idea like a small idea and just go off on the on, on the whole imagination of it because it's also that same idea of like i got invited to a cool party and getting obsessed with that idea Corey okay. gets obsessed Corey, over ideas but again he he also he gets upset and he thinks them out but you're like 90 percent of what you thought out is it's irrelevant so but how like True is that to us as kids when we are just trying to learn how to be in the world and we're only going off of what we know already. And so, so many of our assumptions are just so off the wall and wrong and false. And like, um, one of the things I do love is that like Eric is trying to convince Corey that he's a werewolf and he legit gives Corey fake news. Like he gives him the National Choir and it's just like, yeah, this one guy got bit by a werewolf. I know someone who knows someone. Jason's cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, like giving him this false information to kind of like dilute his. So like, if I am Corey, if I'm really trying to get on board with this episode, if, I, if I'm putting myself in Corey's shoes, I don't know much about the world. I don't know what's happening. I'm going through changes. I'm confused because I haven't been paying attention in my classes or to my parents who have been telling me this yeah. because I'm a, I'm a kid. And werewolves, maybe not completely impossible to me Again, yet. Again, it's... Uh, here's the thing. Werewolves... The way they go about it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really trying to give this episode no, no, no. some credit, guys. It's the, it's not good. It's, it's not. Well, it's just, again, I think that you and I sitting here have already come up with better ways of telling this story. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Um, you mentioned Teen Wolf, doing Teen yeah, Wolf. Yeah, or just watching a movie, a bottle watching episode. Movie, bottle episode. I, I loved your bottle episode idea. Yeah. All of these things, all of these storylines, Corey, like, even if we didn't want him to watch something, which would be yeah. in keeping a, a comic book that he had been in, or, you know, like, or fuck it, just do a whole dream sequence. Like, why just make the whole episode a dream sequence? You know what? I kind of, I kind of had that idea earlier, but I was like, ah, maybe that wouldn't have made me like it as much, but maybe. <laughs> Guys, Get on board because there's episodes where Boy Meets World goes into the past. Like we we have dream episodes that are lined up. And those so. make so much more. Like again, had they pushed, if you want to go that camp, Corey fell asleep watching a, a, a werewolf movie, and he actually becomes a werewolf, and we make that parallel of Corey waking up and being like, "I was a werewolf, and I'm actually one." And Alan sitting down and being like, "You're not. These are just hormones." But maybe we should get you, a guys. That's the episode. That's the episode. <laughs> we we again. 
again, sitting here, half a second, thought of something better. Which yeah. is why, to me, this is so bad. It's not that Corey believed he was a werewolf. Other people, it's how they did. Yeah, other people in the writer's room should have been like, hey guys, there's a thousand other ways we can do this better. <laughs> um, and also, I just I feel that puberty, as, as much as I'm glad that they're addressing it to their age group, and probably mostly because the actors themselves are going through it. Oh, 100%. Um, I don't feel that this is so, like, we just had the sex education episode, and I feel like puberty and sex education are... No, they're very different, and I yeah, think, like, yeah. your, your body's going through things and urges and all this, all of that is separate, and I get it. I am not saying that having an episode specifically dedicated to the hair that's growing on your body is not important. I will not say that, yeah. because especially when you have the fact that... Uh, different guys get different realms of education. We talked not too long ago yeah. about BO. Uh, do you shave? Do you not shave? That bush level. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All of this is really important. And like Corey, like depending, like I think just with Ben Savage, you don't really ever see it on him. But like sure. there are some boys where it's like, no, when hair starts to grow, that shit starts to grow. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and you know what? And I don't think it really happens for Corey or Sean for That's what a I'm while. Saying. Like, and, and you know what's funny does. is that when Sean finally does get some hair in college, he keeps it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's like it's one of those things where it's like to me, talking about getting starting to get body hair and all this other stuff, worthy of an episode. I'm not saying that it's not. I just think that the way they went about it was very lazy, and I feel that we could have done better because you and I sitting here right now. Half of a conversation. So, question for you: At the end of this episode, Alan tries to give Corey the, you know, you're becoming a man speech. Yeah. You're going through changes. Do you remember ever specifically getting like a sit down? You're going to be going through changes conversation because I don't. I remember just no. like it's it's literally like a combination of like assumptions and like just things you like talk to your friends about and so and so heard this from so and so and like so and so's there's brother that, there's the whole thing like um so i don't know about you and we like kind of don't talk about it now but like all my friends like especially in college we were like oh are we shaving like it was like a group that was like are we shaving are we going we're growing it out like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. well like that whole thing was sure. like, very normalized but uh and then i it was a lot of now that i think about it a lot of like going through body changes and all it was kind of like just it was locker room talk. Yeah. It was kind of like a, hey, this is happening to me. Is it happening to you? And like yeah. this whole kind of conversations were like one off things. You <laughs> like, like, like oh, I remember cool. specifically, like, this is such middle school bullshit, but it was like, uh, um, yeah, man, I heard that Jack Knopf makes you dick bigger. <laughs> Not true. Not true at all. But something that an 11th grader might think that if I tug on this, it might get bigger. <laughs> I just had a flashback of certain conversations, which are really inappropriate for the Yeah, general. but that's how we learn things. I'm not going to lie, though. I've had, this, uh, I've had this thought in my head for a while. How much teachers have to know what's going on. And they just have to turn a blind eye and to it. And it's just like, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Like, teachers, because first of all, kids are, they think they're the center of the world. So they're not paying attention. They just have conversations. Like, no yeah. one can hear them. I know because I did it for years. Yeah. So you just talk like no one can hear you. And uh, an adult has to be like, I can hear you. And just when, like, adults, like, I I have to imagine teachers know that certain kids are having sex. Like, that's just... Again, or, like, even... Give me the heebie-jeebies. Not even, like, having sex, which is an extreme version of this. But, like, just... Especially in middle school, which we've talked about, 
you actually see kids' bodies go through changes. You see someone who was in sixth grade looking one way, and then they come in seventh grade, and they're a completely different person. You get all of that. So as a teacher during those times, I'm always like, how much do you like know what's going on? And you're just like, oh, I just, I'm just gonna focus on my work. <laughs> if we have any teachers that are listening that have heard any uh, interesting things <laughs> from their students, please write us in and let us know. We'd love to hear the details of you know the fornication of your children. Why are you like this? Well, no, well, uh, <laughs> audience participation, guys. This is what I'm looking. For. It doesn't have to be sexual based, but even just like like so and so does coke every weekend. Like as a teacher, you have to be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've learned that teachers actually know a lot about what's going on with their students and it's again it just makes me laugh because there's all these things where it's like uh even they kind of hit on it later on but like feeny being like well of course i know what's going on with you guys (laughs) you're the loudest ones in my class i've been paying attention and i think that it doesn't stop with just the who's dating who you're having these body conversations and people are changing and we've mentioned this uh, a few times with like Sean being obsessed with girls now I just can't imagine the number of like classroom boners Jonathan Turner has had to see and ignore (laughs) you know what I mean gosh I used to get classroom boners (laughs) on the reg. And it was one of those things. Here's the thing about when I was a kid and I got boners. I have no idea why we're having this conversation. And let's let's deep dive. I would... It was one of those things where, like, I wasn't even embarrassed of it. I was just like, okay. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. Because not everyone's embarrassed of it. Some kids are like, yeah, I got a rager. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, okay, okay. And it's just one of those things where, you know what? It was like a... Like, I imagine that it was very similar to when people start, like, shaving for for some. It's just like, oh, I'm becoming a man. That's what I'm saying. There are are certain kids who, like, very much, you know, you start to grow hair and you're, like, ashamed of it. You start to get boners. You're like, oh, please don't call on me. And there are other kids who are like, oh, I'll volunteer, Mr. Turner. (laughs) Let me write on a chalkboard for a second. I used to get church boners. (laughs) What the greatest thing about a church boner is that the pews Your mother are, listens to this. <laughs> the the pews are at such a height that if you <laughs> lean up against the pew, <laughs> it, I it, have no idea why it it, it 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 like hits it right there. So like you're just rocking along. I do remember the rocking along. Yeah, the rocking yeah. along, and then also the. Uh, the thing with your legs. You know yeah, this this thing we kind of like do where you just flap your legs yeah. back and forth. Yeah, it's a way to um, enjoy the friction. <laughs> Let's enjoy this friction. <laughs> it's a way to touch yourself without touching yourself. Where you're just sitting in class, yeah, and, like and you're this. just like, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually terrible. Um, like, let's <laughs> wait real fast. I remember the first time I had a wet dream. Why? Because no, why are we having this conversation? Because we're talking like, about puberty. Right, Whatever. Go, go, go I remember the first time I had a wet dream, and I like I never talked to my parents about sex stuff. Like I just never did. And I remember I was like, you know what? I'm gonna ask my dad about this. And I remember specifically, like, like, hey, dad, I had this dream, and because from my perspective, it was like. This dream was dope as fuck. How do I get this to happen again? But that's not how I was asking it. I was just like, oh, you know, Cavalier, like, how did this happen? When I was just like, 
I had sex last night. Let's go back to it. So he was just like, yeah, you know, changes happen and sometimes, you know, things happen. And it was such like a, a two-sentence response, like, Ugh. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. But it was still just that thing of just like, there was like parts of puberty that I was like strangely on board with. And there were other parts like body hair that I was super embarrassed of. So it was just interesting just in that age. I, I often think about what's the proper way to talk to your kids and I don't know if you have kids or if you had like a good talk, you know, let us know. But like talking to your kids about stuff like that, where I personally feel that so many children are at a disadvantage because we won't talk about something that is clearly obvious. You know, it's just like a, yeah. your child is going through changes. There are lots of things that don't get me wrong. It's embarrassing. But your job as the parent is to let them know that it is not so embarrassing that you ignore it, first of all. Yeah. Because it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And then second of all, that it's nothing to be ashamed of because literally everyone is going through this. And I actually think this show kind of touches on one of the reasons why I feel that we should talk to specifically teenagers about self-exploration, masturbation, all those things, self-discovery. Um, because it talks about how, like, the, the stupid gypsy. Three predictions. The third thing is that you're going to, your, 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 your lust, your rage for this woman will cause you to hurt her. Talking about how low-key men's, like, fuel for sexuality will turn them into monsters if they allow it to. So, yeah, you should talk to your kids about masturbation and self-discovery in ways that they can... Corey says, I have needs and desires I'm not sure I can control. Yeah, like these and are... And that's, again, that's a very... This is what we're talking about. It's like, a, this is... That is something that they hinted at. Like, oh, you remember what it's like to yeah. be this age and feel that way. But... It's just a lost opportunity to be like, but you can control them. Yeah. You are 100% in control. There are moments where you may feel like you're not in control. Yeah. But you're not a werewolf. You you don't... The episode should have been about control. It should have been about Corey feeling things towards maybe Topanga that he's never felt before. Those hormones. What about Topanga? She's meaning us here, remember? No, I, I told her it wasn't safe. I can't be responsible for my actions. Only evil will come from tonight. And like that being more of the center of it than this werewolf. You're not. Well, life. again, it's like a. I, I think the analogy between. I mean, first of all, it's literally a tale as old as time. But yeah. the analogy between werewolves and teenage boys just makes sense. I get it. But one of our biggest issues is that they just don't take advantage of this story the way that they could have, and they don't even. I think the mirror scene is a prime example. Yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. If you wanted to get Corey in a mask looking like a werewolf, make it a dream sequence. Lean heavily into that. Don't half-ass this episode. I would be really interested to see a take on werewolves that really talks about more so how sexuality and the fuel for sexuality turns men angry. Kind of similar to when Have you were talking about... Teen Wolf? Well, no. Like, <laughs> you know, a few episodes ago, we were talking about incel culture. Yes. And just... That, like, the real-life applications of what it means to let your desire for sex actually turn you into a monster. Like, that is such an interesting take that I would love to see. That's some Degrassi level. <laughs> like, no, like, like, yeah, and I guess, I, like, even I think more of, like, uh, like Babadook, how that kind of talks about, like... I haven't uh, seen it, but, like... Uh, yeah, so it's, like, the monster is, 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 is a symbolic monster. And so, like, that kind of thing, I feel, is, is a more interesting take on werewolves. Um, and really, this whole story, but as we've discussed, 
This episode's awful. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm honestly, I feel like you, you and I are trying to make something out of this. So let's just, yeah. let's just close it out. So, I mean, do you have a bro moment? Do you have a lesson? Like, do you have any of those things? Okay, no, no, no. I do have a bro moment. And I do think that the bro moment I realized is, like I was saying, the relationship between just werewolves and what it means to, of sexuality to influence anger, the insult thing. I think that is more of a, it made me appreciate the werewolf mythology more than anything else, but I didn't give a shit about this episode from it. Yeah. So. My bro moment is actually Feeny's line about redlining. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those moments where it's like, it took me out of it. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Are we hitting on something? Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of like how, uh, I think it was last episode where Feeny made that little comment about needing more money. And you're like, yeah, Feeny. Yeah. Beanie is a teacher's salary. Sure, sure. That was like my moment where I was like, oh, yeah. But um, honestly, my lesson from this episode, you'll grow. Like, you grow hair in places and that's just the thing that happens. My lesson for this episode (laughs) is that 22 episodes are unattainable. (laughs) (laughs) Netflix has it down. 12 episodes. You know what? Let's just leave it on that. Yeah. All right. So, any homework? Um, homework. Um, let's talk Jurassic World. Yes. Okay. It's so great that you say that because I've been reading, um, oh wait, before we do that, great. What are you giving this episode? Uh, I'm giving this episode a D minus. I thought it was terrible. Yeah. And I'm giving it a D plus. Again, the humor's there, but it was a D. It was and a also D-. instinctually, like when I saw that this episode was next, I groaned and was like, I really wish I could skip this episode. Like, I remember just not liking this, even as a kid. I didn't remember this episode at all, but yeah. I, I really think our conversation was way more entertaining than that entire episode. And also, just to know that, like, Boy Meets World does Halloween so much better with... Yes. Th- even though... And, and then there was Sean's not technically a Halloween episode. Like, it's, to me, my favorite episode of the series. We've talked about this, yeah. how much we love it. Yeah. And so, like, this, like, to know they had the potential to do something great with Halloween and didn't, yeah. it's just like, ugh. Yeah. All right, so, uh, homework. Where are we at? All right, so. Jurassic uh, World. So, I saw Jurassic World. Um, it was, I saw it. It was one of those things where it's like, a, if you've been watching it, and if you like Jurassic Park movies, you know what you're getting at this point in time. There are several things that you're just like, this makes no sense, this makes no sense, why did you do this? This is basically a different character. We did not have to get to the result that we ended up getting to. But again, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. If you like Jurassic Park movies, go see it. You will If not. you like <laughs> Jurassic Park 2, if you like <laughs> Jurassic Park 3... You'll like this one. <laughs> exactly. That's all I have to that, say. That, that's all I'm going to say. But it did inspire me to read the original ja- Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park book uh, by Michael Crichton, I yeah. believe it is. And that is, a, it's a really good book. They take, I don't know, if you, have you ever read it? No. Uh, it's a good book. I would suggest it to everyone. That's going to be my homework for this week. Read Jurassic Park, the book. It kind of parallels the first movie, but they give you such more fleshed out characters, motivations. There's a lot more science behind it. They, yeah. You really, like by watching the movie after reading the book, you really see how they condensed it yeah. and what they kept and what they uh, left. But for the most part, it's a great journey. If you How like accurate is the movies to the book? It's re- Again, for the most part, they kind of combine a few characters and a few scenarios but 
in certain ways, the book is better with the characters. Yeah. And in certain ways, the movie makes vast improvements. Well, I have to imagine that, in general, just dinosaurs on the screen just makes more of an impression than dinosaurs in the book. You'd be wrong. Really? Wow. Dinosaurs in the book... The dinosaurs in the book... Uh, the raptors are really big as they are yeah. and they really go into their intelligence and, that, you, and that's interesting you get a really big sense of how dangerous the raptors are again you see it in the movie but in the book they really like you get scenes with the raptors playing mind games. well I re- it feels like honestly like Every uh, Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic World, whatever, it's like, yeah, Tyrannosaurus Rexes are cool, but hey, guys, check out these raptors. Yeah. Like, yeah, from exactly. the first movie, exactly. it was like, hey, no, raptors are the big deal. Yeah, exactly. And they kind of, again, in the book, they kind of hit on that, which when you see it, I even think, while I'm, like, I've been reading the book, I even think when you get into certain parts, because there's a part in the book where they clearly stopped Take, they were like, this is fine. And I agree. I was like, oh, we could have yeah. ended right here. But the book keeps going. But I kind of feel like they've taken those later chapters and added them to different movies sure. to kind of flesh that out. I, I just immediately, I thought of this book because we were doing a Halloween episode. And again, we were doing these whole movie monster type things. Sure, um, yeah. Dinosaurs is definitely one of them. And Jurassic Park, the book, is really good. Check it out. What's your homework? So I, I know this is going to sound kind of lame. My homework is to encourage people to read the Declaration of Independence. No, no, um, no. I've, um, read, I've read this this morning. Um, <laughs> we're currently recording this. I don't know when we're going to air it, but we're recording this uh, around 4th of July. And we, uh, I just felt the need to just kind of go back and read it. And what's so baller is like within like the first two paragraphs, the this thing is, and I'm going to quote this. Um, so we have the whole, you know, life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness, but it goes right into the section of just whenever any form of government becomes destructive, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and institute a new government. And I just thought that was such a powerful statement for where we are in this country right now, where people are like, oh, it's not American to take a knee. It's not American to march in the streets where it's like, no, son, this is actually what America is based off of is the people gathering together and saying what they want. It says here that the government uh, lays foundations, uh, that uh, likely to affect the safety and happiness of the people. It says happiness, and I know Will Smith's movie, Pursuit of Happiness, talks about <laughs> how it mentions happiness over and over again, but like, it matters that people in this country, brown people, women, people like trans, like anyone, if they're not happy, that matters according to the Declaration of Independence. And I just thought that was such a, I just thought that was such a cool concept that I feel in this day and age when people are like, oh, it's not American to say you have beef with America. No, that's the most American thing you can do. Yeah. So, uh, as you said, at this point in time, 4th of July was a few weeks ago. But my whole 4th of July party theme is uh, T-Pain. <laughs> but it's, a, oh. it's Thomas Paine, which was a revolutionary writer. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. It's like, yeah. oh, T-Pain. But uh, anyway, all that is to say, he wrote a lot of things that are very relevant. Thomas Paine was the first person who would be like, yo, if your government's not working for you, get a new government. Yeah. Like, he, he is one of the reasons why he wrote this book ironically called common sense yeah (laughs) and it's all about how in reality if things aren't working for you if your government is trying to strong arm you yo about it about it (laughs) you know 
gather your people and be like, no, protest. Make sure that you fight for the country that you yeah. believe in because it is the people's job to check their government. Yo. You, the government works for you. You don't work for the government. What? That is literally what – that is – Way back into the original thoughts. That's why we revolted. Yeah. That's why we got the Tea Party and all these other yeah. things. But people constantly want to be like, a, oh, no, it's un-American to stand up for your rights. It's like, that's literally what this country was founded on. Yeah. When are these colonies going to rise up? Uh, <laughs> yo, how have we not mentioned Hamilton? I don't know how we haven't mentioned right, Hamilton. So, but, well, one thing I do yeah. want to say, like, in mentions of Hamilton, if you go through and you keep reading the Declaration, there's, like, five paragraphs that's just talking shit about King George, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. I was just like, yo, this is actually kind of hilarious that this is in our Declaration, just being like, King George is doing this bullshit, and King George was doing that. We ain't about that over here. <laughs> and it just really, like, um, Hamilton has found a way to make this so relevant and real to me, where I can read something like this and actually appreciate it from a human level, not uh, an ancient, dusty piece of paper. Um, so, yeah, bringing it back to Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, so uh, if you haven't caught that's a lot of homework for you but you're going to check out Jurassic Park you're going to read the Declaration of Independence I feel like we should throw in a Nick Cage reference watch National Treasure because uh, it's a National Treasure and also guys um, let's start a hashtag National Treasure 3 that we can get Disney on you board think I don't want a National Treasure 3 <laughs> they amazing. said it oh my gosh. and Nicolas Cage just let's get him back guys uh, and then uh, check out like at least Spark Notes uh, Common Sense by Tom Thomas Paine. Also, uh, if you haven't watched this episode, don't read the Wikipedia summary. <laughs> <laughs> of Boy Meets World, I mean. Of Boy Meets World. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is Abra Meets World. Remember to find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, all the places that they have it. Remember to give us ratings, write us, add us, interact with us the best way that you can, that you know how, in all the ways, smoke signals, but mostly just make sure that it has that at Bra Meets World tag and uh we're the only bra meets world on the internet guys we are (laughs) bra meets world at gmail.com uh you can find me on twitter that's x-t-r-a-c-e-e-j extra siege uh tc where you at you can find me on instagram at a brave for me you can also find me in your mama's bed boy I don't know why I allow you to do these things. Um, So thank you guys so much. Hope you've been enjoying yourselves. And remember to dream, try, and do good. Do good, guys. Later, bro. Later, bro.